This is Michael Coe from the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and you're listening to some of the best podcasts available on the internet, only on the No Phony Podcast Network. Heroes Garage. We are a weekly podcast where we review superhero fantasy in horror movies. Hello, Bill. Hello, Tom. We are live. What a challenge I had tonight. Guess what my big challenge of the night was, Bill? I don't know. You had something go on. I all I got is a mad text. I know. It was flat tire. No, I stopped off this morning and picked up my dry cleaning. And when I got home, I had a shirt in my dry cleaning that didn't belong to me. Oh, boy. I know. And it just so happens as the universe spins and all the stars align and don't align that the shirt that was missing and given to another customer was the very same shirt that I was going to wear for my my big presentation on Friday. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh wow that is magnificent i have my outfit already picked out and my shirt's gone so that was the minor emergency that it got figured out if you can believe it drove up to the cleaners they were able to piece it together and i have the very shirt that i want to wear for my presentation so all is well in the universe oh so they didn't give it to another customer then no, I got there before they gave it away. They gave me the the other customer shirt. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Well, that hey, that uh, that works out really well if you think about it. So, did you have to go? Did you drive all the way home and then had to go all the way back? Yeah, luckily it was only you know it's up in Donata Square, so not too far from us. Oh, that's bad. No bad. I didn't know if it was where you work because then yeah. that's a haul. Yeah. They were very, very grateful. They, they said they must have said thank you twenty three and a half times because <laughs> it solved a couple of problems, right? I got my shirt back. Right. The other customer, as far as they know, nothing happened. They know nothing. Isn't that like the best things of life? Is that something happened but you never knew about it? Yes. I can't say that about our topic because I think what we're going to talk about tonight, everybody knows happened. There's a nice segue. <laughs> that was like a, a speedster into a black hole well, segue. Like you, you put the pedal to the metal on that one. We're moving off topic real quick. Yeah. So guess what we are going to be reviewing tonight, Bill? What, Tom? You tell me. The Disney original Mandalorian, and it wow. is based on characters created by George Lucas. Dude. Wow. And you know what we're all wondering, just to start to warm and salivate the palate? When is it going to dive? 
Well, everybody's wondering when do these episodes come out? Because we had one drop on Tuesday the 12th. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it. Yes. We're worried about release schedule because this is not like Netflix. We're not getting the whole season plopped in our laps so we could watch eight hours straight. We have to wait for a weekly download. Yes, they are. Disney is being the outlier here. They are not buying into the Netflix model, are they? No, they're going to show Netflix a thing or two about how subscriptions work. Yes, I know, because I had a good mind to just watch everything, and then off they go. But no, I have to milk two months of this. I know. And well, we'll start off. Let's let's go to do a little trivia. Well, you have the outline, so it isn't fair. But before you watched a single minute of this, how much money do you think they they spent on this? Or even after watching the first two episodes, how much money do you think they spent on this? Millions. Like hundreds of millions? It looks like a few million. <laughs> yeah, it, I know. The, the visuals, we'll get into this when we get into the review. Um <laughs> But the budget was $120 million. I couldn't believe that when I saw that number. <laughs> I just was like, you got to be kidding me. They are... Disney is are, are showing the deep pockets they are, aren't they? They're spending just as much on this as they spent on the budget for the first Incredible Hulk movie. <laughs> wow. That, it's just, that just blows me away, doesn't it? I mean... It, yeah. So the revert. This is the release schedule. I teased it. Now I need to satiate that palette. Tuesday the twelfth, and then there's a Fridays in a row here. November fifteenth, twenty second, twenty ninth, December sixth and thirteenth. Those are all Fridays. Then they're gonna they're gonna drop one early because they don't want to compete with Rise of Skywalker. Right. So they are dropping the next one on the eighteenth, and then back to the Friday release on the 27th of December. So it looks like they're going to be dropping these on Fridays. Yeah, it's a good thing because, you know, like it, it, make, it gives you something to look forward to. Yes. Especially I if mean, you watch it and you really like almost, it. That's almost like a tongue-in-cheek comment. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're, not, you're not nearly as excited about this as others might be. You, you are sensing correct. <laughs> and we'll get into that, Tom. We in will the, get into that. We'll get into that in the review. Yes. So let's get I, into some more facts because we like to drop some facts before we start dropping opinions here on Heroes like, Garage. We like, to, we like to show how knowledgeable we are by reading the internet. Go for it, Tom. Right. And you know what's so <laughs> funny about this is I can't read the internet because the live link that I put in here, I can't open it. <laughs> oh, here it goes. Okay. <laughs> IMBD. Do you know who created this? I saw John Favreau. I was very impressed, actually. Mm-hmm. I yeah. saw when his uh, came up. I was really. Um, I mean, I know that he's been doing quite a bit in the uh, producing and directing roles, mm-hmm. uh, and um, so it's been very exciting to see how he's been really growing as a producer director and writer and collaborator so it's uh i was i was very impressed honestly when i saw that yeah um so starring pedro pascal as the mandalorian kyle pacheck as jawa 
Brandon Wayne as, I don't know. I forgot. That is the little, uh, is that the little, the cute little green character? Baby uh, Yoda? Is that Brandon Wayne? That's it. That's it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Did it actually talk? Uh, no. No, maybe that's why they, they left <laughs> the description out of IMBD. Uh, Tate Flesher as Alpha Trawler. Bernard Bullen as father. Alexandra Mania as mother. Louis Richard Gomez as house patron. Nick Nolte, nice, is cool. And Jamal Antar is prisoner. Wait a minute, there's a Nick Nolte sighting? Oh my gosh, did we miss that? I hope he didn't come and already leave us already. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Was he in a mask? Was he, he like says, an a, was he like the, the octopus man? That's it, we're getting ancillary here. Chapter 2, The Child. He's the voice in chapter one, the voice of Kewl. So, no, we will not see Nick Nolte. He only he was only represented by his audio representation of his voice. <laughs> Darn it. Okay, story. After the stories of Django and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. How's that? Wow, it's pretty good. Very dramatic, too. Very uh, Disney-esque. So I need to give you some, some of this knowledge. And I, I said to myself, let's get Bill talking early in this podcast. But guess what I have <laughs> not done? I have not gotten you talking. <laughs> no, no. We're, we're, setting the, we're setting the stage here, Tom. We're setting the stage. Just like Disney would. Yes, we set the stage and we count the fibers. So <laughs> this, the idea of the Mandalorians was first conceptualized way back in The Empire Strikes Back as a group of white-armored super commandos. The idea developed into a single bounty hunter character, Boba Fett. So they come from this planet of Mandalore, which is not a huge stretch, right? Mandalorians. Um, did you like that? Yeah, yeah, I like how they tie things together. It's very yeah. neat. It's, um, if nothing else, it is firmly tied and sealed. Um, and I guess the, the Clone Wars has, has some things that happen with the Mandalorians as well. So now I get to... Which I think John Favreau was actually a part of. I like to hear so, that. Yeah, I thought I saw his name pop up in the Clone Wars. So it kind of makes sense of, you know, he's, he's direct, he's been a part of Disney for quite some time, um, which would kind of make sense. It also pops in the Rebels animated television series. That's it. It was the Rebels animation. That's, okay. that's where it's, okay. Okay, so Rebels and Clone Wars are both available on Disney+, Plus, which is also where you'll be able to, to watch Mandalorian and know we're not being paid by Disney. I was going to say there's a plug, but I think that, you know, you would think that we were being paid by Netflix, how many reviews we did over there. So, hey, Correct. it's about time we changed sponsors. We're just spreading the love, my friend. <laughs> we're like the little weakling at the, in the physical education class that buddies up to the bullies and like, see, I'm, 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 I'm co-signing everything you're doing. <laughs> like, no, we don't need your help. Um, 
So, mm-hmm. Todd, what did you think? So, we, you know, what's unique about this is uh, it, it's we're actually watching it at Bill's pace, which means I'm usually only watching it two episodes, and you're you're already seen nine. So, Absolutely. I, right. So I, I, you know, and you you get to refrain from everything usually, while I'm like in my excitement stage of seeing two episodes only that you will know that I was going to be let down at about episode six. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) So this we get to experience together, my friend. Yes, we do. I get to point to you because I know that, you know, we have both grown up with Star Wars all the way back. 1977. We were kids. Road 10. There you go. 1977, Cinema in Duluth, Minnesota. There you go. I was at Woodfield Mall, Chicago, Schaumburg. And unfortunately, all the family was split up because we were late. So <laughs> couldn't sit together. We sat with strangers, experiencing one of the best experiences of film history, all alone in our chair. But it's anyway. Back, it's back when we still thought the stormtroopers were actually force ghosts. And that yes. black underneath the white armor was... Kind of some sort of weird, mysterious space material. <laughs> I actually thought they were robots. So that was my, my thing. Um, little to be known, it was disturbing that they were clones. But anyway, we digress into the Star Wars uh, era of, of history and nostalgia. So we both have this affinity towards Star Wars. And we love Star Wars, even though it has stumbled and fallen many times. We still have hope in Star Wars, right? Yes, a new and enduring hope. Always, always, just because it's Star Wars. So when you watch the first episode, right, you get introduced to this character, the Mandalorian. What was your first impression, Tom? Okay, so my very first impression comes with the opening scenes, which I will describe in vivid detail. So spoilers will <laughs> abound from this point on. So if you haven't watched the first two episodes, please go back, watch them, and by all means, come back and partake in this podcast because we do need your listening ears. Um, I did not, I was not impressed by the opening sequences in the bar. And. Right. It kind of starts out mysteriously enough with this blue creature being um, kind of bullied and processed by a couple of larger, I guess, bounty hunters, for lack of a better idea of what they truly represent. And the Mandalorian shows up and, of course, beats them up. And I feel like those scenes have been around since probably since soon after they realized how they could actually film a human being. I think they started to do anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I thought that was tropishly worn out. That was very unimpressive. Cliche. Yeah. Little cliche. Cliche. And then the rest of it I felt was just us watching the Mandalorian walk around. I mean there was nothing yeah. much to that. And now, I've rewatched the first episode, and I have to tell you, though, episode two energized me much more than episode one did. But what did you think, Bill? What was your initial impression? Yeah, so my uh, initial impression was like, yeah, we've seen this before, right? 
So I don't know if that was their intention. I want to think that it was that Star Wars kind of milks, and I use that word, milks familiarity within their their um, umbrella of, of a series, right? So the whole outlaw bar, you know, Wild West, because that's really Star Wars, right? It's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And um, so they they live there. Star Wars really borrows from any type of Western that you could see. And this was a typical Western come in, shoot him up. You know, now he's my bounty. And then it's the, you know, you, you, you know, with the humor, with the, the sea creature um, popping up. And, you know, it was very much expected, but also exciting to see because, you know, it's it's still the Star Wars. You know, what's Star Wars uh, without monsters? And so um, then you get the monsters in there. And it was very cliche. And then they're bouncing around with the, the bounty. And so you're able to kind of pick that up. Um, but it was kind of fast. And um, honestly, I didn't understand the last bounty at all. Um, I should have had the closed caption wording on. It just went so fast. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I would probably have to go see it again. But first time around, it was moving so at a, a fast pace that I, I didn't get it. But honestly, when establishing a, a bounty hunter type of movie, um, I, I guess I, I would expect it to be exactly the way I just saw it. Okay. Yeah, really, I, don't, I, I don't know I, what I, I expected. I was really, I don't know really what I was going to see, what yeah. different I was going to see. I think yeah. what I saw was what I expected to see. Okay, you that's know? interesting. Guy that going getting his, yeah, I mean, guy go getting his bounty and bringing it back. That's what I expected to see. Not seeing any trailers. I mean, a little bits and pieces of trailers, um, but that's honestly that's what I expected to see. So. Did it suck me in? Well, you know, other aspects of it sucked me in, but from that point, I, I guess um, that's what I expected. So I wasn't in awe or you know, captured or enraptured into um, the Star Wars world. Yeah. So what we do expect, and maybe we'll unfold, unpack some of this. So. Story-wise, the episodes are shorter than probably were than what we were probably anticipating. They feel like they're about forty-five minutes long. Although I didn't go back and check that out. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it felt like. Yeah, I think it was. Okay, and this is not like some of these shows where there's a lot of dense narrative or exposition because characters are talking and interacting and things are happening and you have to track all this information that is not what you're getting in this um the dialogue is minimal um a lot of it is him wandering around um he does meet some people and so this feels like a slow burn like a western right like you're not getting dialogue because there's nobody he's interacting with (laughs) right right it's all it's all seen right yeah yeah it, everything about it is seen it is it, it is a, a typical western type of setup uh it's a setting up the scene it's a setting up the story it's um it's it's really not original uh, by any means other than 
the landscape of Star Wars that, you, you know, it's hard not to really it's, it's hard to, to disconnect the story from what you see visually. Right. Because you're immediately thrusted into this Star Wars world. They didn't, you know, by spending the money they did, they didn't hold back into what it was going to take to recreate this world. Yeah, and that kind of is a really nice segue into probably the strength of this show, and I think it's the visual aesthetic. Um, when I went back and looked, rewatched episode one, when he's in that speeder with, um, what's that character's name? Well, anyways, they go to a ship the first time, and there's that large right. creature underneath the ice. Right. Th that has really nice visual visuals, and the music playing behind it, it really feels like the stuff, the visual aesthetic and the audio feels a lot like what I experienced, generally speaking, only speaking in generalities here, <laughs> of like the Rogue One, Force Awakens, just the wide panoramic scenery, the music in the backgrounds feels playful and whimsical and it kind of increases the interest. And so the visuals feel very much clued into the current Star Wars universe. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, wholeheartedly. I think that's, that's really what sucks you in. And um, <clears throat> there wasn't really anything, I guess, I'm going to use, you know, anything stupid that happened that would immediately deteriorate deter you from the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, you see Bounty Hunter, you kind of expect that's the masks of the Bounty Hunters. That's what they wear. You know, he's got the outfit. He looks like a bounty hunter. People fear him as the bounty hunter. Um, you know, how he walks, how he carries himself, how he, you know, meets his, his uh, you know, the people that are paying it and not paying him the full amount. I mean, it's, it has everything of the Western bounty hunter, but it feels like you're in Star Wars. So yeah. you, you're in it, and they do a great job of drawing you in it. And, and really just capturing that nostalgia of what is Star Wars. And, In, you know, included, being, yeah. including a droid who's working side by side with a main character to overcome, quote unquote, bad guys. Yeah. Towards the end of episode one of this show, you see that, right. that firefight where they kind of become unlikely collaborators uh that droid i can't remember the droid's name but he was kind of rogue one-esque yeah i think that was uh in the second episode um oh. that's when they they, oh. they storm the camp oh that's uh, second. is that second i yeah. thought that was the first episode where you have that one no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh boy or is it at the end of the first episode oh boy here we go See, if I would have watched like six or seven episodes in a row, I really would have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Now I'm I'm barely holding on. Well, you know, it, I think that's what, you know, it's a great start. Um, yes, I mean, uh, story-wise, it's, it's, it's familiar. Um, everything's familiar, but they do a good job with the familiarity of, come on, you know, uh, bringing this in. They kind of introduce you to this... Uh, you know, they, that bounty hunters have a guild. Um, he's a part of a temple. You know, his sect, so to speak, is unique because <clears throat> he brings in this bar. 
that he receives, and now he gets a plate of armor on his shoulder. So that symbolizes something. So they build a little intrigue here, and then he has some flashbacks that you kind of see that maybe it was part of the Empire when he was a kid. He was a part of this village, and it seems like his parents got killed. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they kind of allude to the side story of of him helping out similar situations. So he's not all a bad guy. He's Even though this is just his profession as a bounty hunter, he's actually using his money for this society. That's what I picked up. Did you pick up that? Yeah, absolutely. All that stuff. And a lot of what you're hitting on here, part of what you just mentioned, but probably not the center of what you just talked about. So I do apologize. I'm just going to sound a little ancillary here, but is some of the Easter eggs that kind of remind everybody of the Star Wars, that this is a Star Wars universe. So there's the Pulse Blaster. Right. um, That the Mandalorian is using throughout the first two episodes. It looks to be the same one used by Boba Fett in 1978 in a holiday okay. special episode. Um, there there's, there's a familiar droid that shows up, and this droid was actually first seen as a gatekeeper back in right. at Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi. So that droid right. is, shows up in the first two episodes. There's right. lots and lots of classic aliens. Well, they even have that, that, that alien that was on Jabba the Hutt's lap um, when right. he comes in and his he's in the cage and his buddy's getting roasted, yeah. so um, you know they yeah they drop a little things to, you know throughout this that this is part of a collective universe of Star Wars yeah. and it yeah, and it just that's Jabba the Hutt, Jacqueline Jester, Salacious Crumb yes. is his name. Yeah, nice, nice. And, yeah, he was roasting. Um, so one the other one, buddies. the other one was roasting and he was next. So, uh, um, which is, you know, his, his, uh, eventual demise, if that was the real, it looked like the the original one. And I thought they did a great job, um, making him look like it was the, 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 the real one. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, they brought in a lot of nostalgia, a lot of tie into that. So I think that gets the fans excited that this is definitely, uh, a star Wars on its own, but still, uh, a piece of the you know the pie of star wars so yeah the f- i mean episode, I- on its own but not not entirely i would say that what it does is it sets up this idea that this is connected to a larger universe because of all these tie-ins and easter eggs right. but also in the second episode which i think was a smart thing and i do want to hear your opinion on this bill yep, is yep. when the little green yoda creature Uses the force or whatever it does. Well, you did a huge leap. (laughs) Are we? I don't know where we're at in our reviews. I'm like, (laughs) you are like, okay, so that ends scene. That is the first episode. (laughs) Okay, truth be told, I don't remember anything that happened in the second episode (laughs) except for war. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. So, So the first episode ends with him like going on this new mission to this new planet that's sandy, right? And um, so it sets up. We also get also a a, because it's very important to know that the Empire is gone, too. So they have right timeline that the Empire is gone. And uh, so they have uh, 
you know, that being a big, big part of the story is that if you are really into the Star Wars timeline, this is right at that end. So that's what I get a part of it is, is that it's gone and um, how long it's gone. We don't know, but it's been maybe a decade. Let's just put that out there. Now, the second mission is going to this desert to find this object that he could bring back dead or alive. Right. That was the mission. He doesn't really know what he's finding, but when that's when he meets up with the robot and uh, which is also what do you call the uh, a bounty droid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I, yep. I, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's a bo-. he's like oh, a bounty droid, which they team up together because they were truly out for us. And then he obviously he meets a meets a part of uh, a resident who um, I don't know what that character's name it was a short guy with the with the beard and the mustache, and he has to learn how to ride an animal. So you have all the, the stuff in front of you. What were those animals called? Do you remember, Tom, that he had to I'm learn gonna, how to ride? I'll look that up while you continue to narrate <laughs> through. So the, it's a character, and so he goes Jawa. to this village. Jawa. No, the Jawas are the um, the little guys in the hoods with the, with the sand crawler. Let me continue to research. <laughs> I just this could take that. a while. <laughs> So anyway, that's a little bit of humor. He has to learn how to ride these things because that's the only way they could travel on the desert. And uh, so they go to this outpost, which is incredibly guarded because they have some treasure prize that um, they're holding on to, probably selling to the highest bidder. That's what I'm assuming. So here comes uh, the Mandalorian, comes in with the droid. They battle through, which is a pretty exciting scene. Um, watching the droid shoot people and spin around and do his 360s, I thought was kind of fun. And it was humorous, too, um, because, you know, he's like, uh, I'm going to self-destruct. And the Mandalorian's like, no, no, don't self-destruct. <laughs> so I, that was good banter. It, was, it had personality. The Mandalorian had some personality there, and I really liked that. You got to see some... Uh, character other than being a true Baba Fett type of killer, kill or be killed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, yeah, so when they break it down, then you see this floating egg, and then in the egg is this little green creature. That was the big reveal, like, oh my gosh, it's a baby Yoda. And um, that's when they, the droid's like, well, we're, you know, we're going to have to kill it. And that's when he finishes off the droid. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then we get to see then all us Star Wars people are are like, oh, my gosh, it's a Yoda. Because we don't know really what his race is called. There's nothing ever been revealed. There's only been one, maybe two creatures, I think, on screen that we've ever seen of all the Star Wars series that look like Yoda. And now we have a baby Yoda. And they said that he was like 50 years old, but he looks like a baby. So and it was very interesting like oh this now from a story point of view oh this is going to go somewhere they're introducing something that is absolutely huge in star wars lore and that is a yoda type character with its race being very familiar with the force so that part was i thought was exciting yes okay so this is a little embarrassing so while you were talking and providing some actual content i was looking at pictures on the internet and 
<laughs> that Nick Nolte character that I spazzed out about earlier. And, oh, my, who is he? We missed him already. What's going on? That's the guy you're referencing. <laughs> it was K-U-I-I-L, Kill. He is the oh, one who, who is on the planet, and he's got the goggles, and he's got the mustache, and he's short, and he, he says... He says, I have spoken, you know, I think. I have spoken, yes. Yeah, yes. That, that's Nick Nolte. Oh, interesting. Well, they did a great job with makeup. Yeah, that's humiliating. Let's go back and listen to this audio. I need to edit that out. Who is Nick <laughs> Nolte's character? Oh, we never see him. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. He's a yeah, big fan of the first two episodes. Two episodes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh... welcome to Heroes Garage. <laughs> So, you know, so then we get the whole, you know, um, part of he's with Yoda. We were just going to call him, do we call him Yodi? Is that what everybody's calling him now? Yodi? Little green creature. Little green creature. Okay. Um, LGC. (laughs) Baby Yoda. (laughs) There you go. Baby Yoda. So the baby Yoda now um, has some entry because then we actually get to see him use his powers. We get to see him. Um, I thought the whole Jawa scene was really neat and entertaining when they're dismantling the Mandolin ship. And, uh, you know, after he. Um, <clears throat> uh, oh, no, he we didn't get to see the powers yet. Um, he was in some fight or something and then he the baby Yoda tried to heal him and he's kind of like push, putting him down in the crib which was kind of neat I thought yeah. that exchange was funny yeah but then uh you know he's then he's got the Jawas he's got to go back and so it that story comes back and forth and it's <clears throat> you know that part I thought of the movie or the show was kind of um ho-hum now, <clears throat> now this, can I can I say that I really liked you I liked really it. I liked it because I like the loneliness of the open space on the planet where they're just right. out in the open range. It's just him and it's just the Mandalorian and baby Yoda. He's kind of shot up a little bit. His, I think that's after his ship was destroyed, although I'm probably getting that wrong. <laughs> um, but it, I like that. Like Nolte character because he kind of reminds you like a Niner 49er because that's really what he like it was. You know what I liked about the open range? I'm not. I'm ignoring your question without deliberately ignoring your question. Um, <laughs> it does remind you of the old camping scenes in the old westerns, <laughs> where you start to imagine, like, what do those beans really taste like in that metal pot? <laughs> um, it, it, you know, you had that there, and you you got your first glimpse in those intimate scenes. I'll call them intimate. Um, okay. Because you started to wonder, there's more about Baby Yoda than they're letting us know. And I started to get excited. I'm like, you know what? They're going somewhere with this little green thing. And it started to really kind of spark my interest, which leads into my favorite part of the first two episodes, which you were going to head into before I rudely interrupted you. No, go ahead. You're on a roll. I loved that fight scene where they... So evidently he makes, he being Mandalorian, makes a deal with the Jawas to try and get the parts back from his ship, which they stole and put in their big moving machine, which they did back in Star Wars in 1977. 
Um, so they, they took all the parts. So he makes a deal with them. He's got to fight this creature, which is the same creature that one of the creatures that showed up in Attack of the Clones right. when, when they fought. So it's the one with the big hammerhead. Looks like a rhinoceros on steroids. Right. Um, I love that fight, and I loved Baby Yoda coming to the rescue. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I, I did really like that. I like the, the fact that he finished him off, and then he was able to get the egg, um, the prize. Uh, mm-hmm. That he was fairly beat up too, um, and he returned, and um, you know it was funny because you thought this big egg was going to be like this big prize, and then they cut it open and started eating out of it, which I thought was, <laughs> that, was pretty, that was pretty humorous, honestly. Because uh, even to him, he was like, "Oh, brother, you know all that for them to eat their egg," you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I did like Nick Nolte's character. Getting back to the question you asked earlier, um, right? It was kind of a tie into some elevated, some character with some elevated perspective. Like he seemed to have some kind of wisdom, whether it was colloquial or right, know, just kind of old character wisdom. He seemed to have right. something going for him. I like that. Yeah. So I thought it ended with a bang, and it has me really interested in the next episodes. It starts off pretty slow, but episode two really caught fire for me. All right, so here's my perspective. Go ahead, Bill. This is my counterpoint. Okay, so here I'm watching this, and I thought, as much as I like the Yoda character, as much as I like the, you're right, the stoicism or stoicism of the Nulti character, I felt like the <clears throat> the all of a sudden there was something that was going on and I just couldn't put my finger on it. I'm like, okay, because when you're watching films, it's it's a, you participate in two things, right? The visual and the audio, right? And the audio could be split into the soundtrack as well, and then special effects. <clears throat> so and and then you have the um, you know the music. I'm here watching this. And I'm really getting into this. And then something is like bothering me. And I'm like, what is bothering me? And all of a sudden I put my finger on it and I'm like, the music has changed. They have completely changed the tone of the show through the music. It's because in the first, in the first episode, they set the stage with the music. It is mysterious. It is violent it is um you're dealing with a body hunter there's a lot of there's some darkness there and everything works together and as soon as they start talking you know they get into like him falling off the beast and it's all playful and it's all da 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 ever since then i felt like disney took over with the soundtrack and i just couldn't get this music out of my head and it felt like it was too jovial it was too upbeat is too playful and i felt like now they're changing the entire tone of the show to be silly and goofy and i i was kind of repulsed by that as much as i wanted to just really get into the yoda character and the coolness about about it i think they just did a lot of bad with the music in not in in keeping it um, not keeping it mysterious 
And I mean, think about, I know this is an extreme example, but think about the, the original Star Wars movie and how the Jonathan Williams just works with the, each character with, you know, the Empire and Darth Vader and every character has this intense, you know, music around it because it's, it's dramatic. And I felt like they pulled a lot of dramatic, 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 I'm having a hard time speaking today. Drama, dramatic tension, (laughs) dramatic tension. There you go. Off by it's like, oh, hey, we have a hundred million dollar budget. Hey, we got this orchestra. We're just going to put music to everything. And that's what they did. And I felt like all of a sudden I was watching the Clone Wars cartoon. So um, it it became to me, uh, it kind of dove a lot afterwards. And okay. I'm being my, up again. So my rebuttal. Yeah. Facts. Every Star Wars film has a lot of music going on behind it. It does. Facts. They <laughs> tend to have a jovial <laughs> tone to the music to try and make up for the brutality of the visual effects at times. Yeah. Facts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keep going. I know. I ran out of facts. Um, I know. I I do think that they're trying to balance out the because they they're made, this is for kids, right? I mean, that's just the problem. For kids. Yeah, yeah this that's, is the, a, that's the problem. That's this a, that's is this I, isn't this isn't PG thirteen Revenge of the Sith. That's, that's not that's it. I know. I mean, that's what I, I guess. It's like I think you and I facts. watch some Netflix. <laughs> stuff you know that you know I, I at least give me a pg-14 or something so um because I, I i want a little more uh drama i mean come on they kind of inferred a guy when he went through the door they his body got split in half right <laughs> at least you knew that happened and you know you heard a thud of his legs hitting the ground so they had something there. It's not like I want this big violent thing, but I also don't want like this sappy cartoon either. Yeah, they're so. trying to walk. They're trying to walk a, a line there because at the end of the day, they did kill an animal, and they did, and that yeah. was shocking. Honestly, I thought when he, you know, it's like the Yoda ke- creature kind of, you know, stilled him, rose him up just enough so he could just stick his blade in him. <laughs> which at the end of the day I don't think that little blade would have killed that monster <laughs> so you know I don't know and then we had this happy go lucky type of music and oh my gosh I was like oh. I don't know that's what kind of it's, it, it was the tone it's, it's, it's how they kind of played with the tone that's all the first one, I felt like, okay, I'm in a good drama, mystery. And then, you know, they showed up. And, you know, you got some fun stuff, some silly stuff. But it wasn't like over-the-top, you know, goofiness. It was it was enough that I was like, okay, they're playing a balanced humor here with the, with the drone bounty kill, uh, hunter and how he's told not to blow up. And I thought it was funny. And, yeah, he's got to learn to ride these things. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, it's like he's got to tame the horse. I get it. We're in a Western. Or, you know, ride the donkey because the guy is a coal miner. Anyway, you know, I, I was accepting all that. But all of a sudden, they changed this music and the tone. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not in the Lion King, please. You kind of have an aversion to Lion King because I know that really triggered you when you 
realize that Black Panther was actually based off of Lion King. It's and the thing is, is I like Lion King most of it. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think Disney had a way is like you don't have to add music to everything, and you're right because Star Wars always has music. Its transitions are music, but you don't have to have the the way that it set the tone. I thought was goofy and silly and over the top and very juvenile, and I lost momentum into this mystery because they have this great storyline here in front of them and it it's almost like yes you paid for a subscription to disney plus and we're gonna give you baby yoda and we're all like yay but here's this goofy silly music to carry you through the plot no well i mean to each his own right that's why That's why they do this. It sounds like you're baking rolls or something in the background. I keep on hearing things falling. And, I mean, I'm you, walking around. It's oh, my okay. intensity of, the, okay. of this. Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily reached the lows or highs that you just expressed right there. The music wasn't that distracting, but that's your experience, and it's valid for you. And... I did say that for me, I was excited by the end of episode two. Um, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen when they get back to wherever they're going. And I'm assuming there's more trials to come because a bounty hunter doesn't just skip and hop through the universe. They run into bad stuff because they've been doing bad stuff for a while. So, yeah, I think uh, the way and, 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 you know, just get me what I'm saying here is, is that. Um, I, I think that there, it's just the way that it ended in that, in that mode. Now there is, there is kind of like a, a familiar plot that is, is unfolding, which is he's not going to deliver the package and then a bounty is going to be on his head. So, you know, that's what I, you kind of see this going cause he is going to be on the run and then he's going to have to have some refuge um, possibly through his own sect because bounty hunters, it's almost like you're in a, um, uh, um, what is it with the, with Keno Reeves, um, John wick. Wick. It's like a John wick thing. Like he broke the code. So now everybody's going to be after him. So I, I, that's how I think this is getting set up. Okay. Uh, because he's not, he sees this as a kid. He doesn't want to murder a kid. He has some morals to him. He's not going to t- turn him over. And uh, I think he's just going to be on the run. And then we're going to see this relationship bud and, and then have an interesting story. So even though this story is common, um, I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be still interesting because we're going to be thrusted into the Star Wars world. Okay, so that leads us to our final question. Is it interesting enough? Because this is real. There's only one metric for this, right? Yeah. Like, we do not need to give number grades to this. This is not about numbers. Not yet. This this is about whether this will lead to a subscription to Disney+. Plus. So that's the metric, right? That's what they're banking right. all of this on. They, they release these two episodes, bam, bam. So, right. Bill, are you subscribing to Disney Plus? You know what the interesting part is, is that I knew this is what really happened tonight before the podcast with your delay, 
is that my daughter came in now, you know, she grew up on Disney films, right? And then with Marvel films, we sat down. She immediately said, hey, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 on here? We looked, we saw it, we fired it up right away watching the movie. So, so it, it almost seems like for not as much me, but for them, that is going to be an interest. But personally, I think this is going to be, after The Mandalorian, this is going to be a nice holiday gift where the kids come home, they all get to veg in front of the TV and bask in nostalgia watching Disney movies. And then when they all go off and go to school, the subscription is canceled. <laughs> okay, so... Bill is getting through the holidays with Disney Plus. And there you go. So on my end, I have subscribed to the bundle. So you did. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. We will be doing Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu Plus. <laughs> I don't think Hulu's called Plus. Um, or is, I, it just, is it just Hulu or Hulu, Hulu Plus? I think it's just Hulu. Yeah, it's all in one, but it's a good price. It's thirteen, and it's thirteen dollars for both all yeah. three of those. And we were getting Hulu anyways. My okay, so my wife's favorite streaming service is Hulu. Most of the things she watches on there are on that. Uh, prior to Disney, my favorite was Netflix, and probably Netflix still is. Right. And then Disney Plus has all of this original Star Wars and MCU stuff coming coming out. Right. And I kind of live for that stuff. And that's really why I wanted it. I wanted to be able to... And also the the films that I didn't purchase that are either... I purchased all the Star Wars stuff, but I don't have all the MCU films. So I always want to be able to go back and watch that. They also have Avatar on there because that's been purchased by Disney. Yeah, um, so. There's some other Disney movies. Um Pirates of the Caribbean stuff is. You know on what there. I saw on there, and I told my uh, my daughter. I said, "You know what? You got to see one of the darkest films Disney ever created, and that was the Black Hole, and it's on there." Yeah. So. Do you remember remember that I, movie? I do remember that. <laughs> so you know, maybe you'll end up with the bundle because of ESPN Plus. Um, I mean, it's 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 interesting when you're in winter time, you hunker down more. You know, the TV's on more. And, um, you know, I, I don't know because we also, we, we purchased prime, so we get Amazon. So, um, and then we have some shows on there we want to watch. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, um, you know, where I'm going to hit it, but I, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of the original stuff is going to come out later in 2020. Right. Um, so I don't know where I'm at yet. Um, but there's, for time being, I think that's where I am. There's a couple of shows I think are coming out earlier. I at least I hope so because otherwise we're all just watching Mandalorian episodes. But <laughs> um, I'm hoping some MCU stuff comes out in the early part of 2020, and yeah. then it starts to gain steam from there. Um, is it on your purview at all, or is it in your mind to look over at the HBO now? subscription which is 15 or 16 dollars a month but maybe the flavor of the programming over there is more within your taste buds um it's a little bit more mature it's more sophisticated the watchman series is getting rave reviews very well made it almost feels like it's on the total opposite end of the disney stuff 
Yeah, it seems like it's definitely in line with the uh, Netflix uh, Marvel stuff, honestly. Um, so, yeah, it, it's piqued my interest. But I know there's some things that we want to watch that's um, coming out. Um, I've already seen some Netflix movies, uh, some of the originals. So um, I haven't been, you know, overly impressed. But um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, but I did like, um, uh, there was the documentary on, um, I'm going to say Echoes Canyon. I think that was the one I really liked. This is Netflix now, right? Not HBO now. Yeah. So we're here going, we're, we're, we're kind of segueing into a whole different other, uh, uh, Yeah, let's segue. Here. So our segue here, just to bring the audience with us in this conversation is, Bill is now going to talk a little bit about it, tease a little bit of the stuff he's been watching on Netflix. Go. Go. Yeah. What, what has Bill been watching? Well, uh, Bill actually was watching the new Jack Ryan. You and I actually reviewed um, Jack Ryan on Amazon yeah. uh, last year. Yeah. And we, right? it was <laughs> like so many other things. It was good until it wasn't. Yes. Yes. Well, they actually, I, I stuck with it and I, I you know, I sort of liked it. This time, the uh, this is my mini review for Jack Ryan. I lasted about four or five episodes. And just and to keep, they, the, keep the audience with us, this is on Prime, Amazon Prime. This is, on Prime. This is not Amazon on Netflix. Right. Everybody's been watching this. It's like I we watched it and we saw about four or five episodes, and that was about as all we could take. It was it was in the ridiculous, and um, we were we were just like, okay, we're not going to waste the time. I think that. Because there's so much out there and there's so much to watch that um, I'm if I'm going to make an investment in watching something, I, I don't feel afraid, uh, afraid to just turn it off. Um, I, I get to the point that it, it's not like I have to wait to the next episode to be better. I'm if I'm I've already went to two, three episodes and nothing has changed. You lost me and I'm gone and I'm not coming back. Yeah. So. I think that's what's the interest, interesting part with um, these streaming services now. Yeah. So I think from here, Bill, I think we're going to kind of land the ship. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I went on a tangent. Yeah, we, tan we went a little tangentile, but we will come back to some of the Netflix stuff in future episodes. How's that for a tease? There you go. There you go. I watched The King. There you uh, go. The launch. And um, so the, the King actually was good. So we could have a different review on that, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I might suffer I my way through the King. Yeah, I think you might. Yeah, that's right. Because it, you've seen that, seen that, done that. I know that we need to watch um, Dr. Sleep. So that from a movie perspective, that's what we want to go see. Yeah. Is, uh, that, I know we did a preview of that. That was out in theaters. A lot of I got sick and other things happened and I couldn't see it. But that's on my docket to go see. So yeah, me too. Yeah, we need to maybe do a quick take, Bill's quick take on Zombie Land too in a future yeah. episode as well. There you go. We get some material, people. Hang yeah. out there. Tweet us, tell us what you want to hear us. If you like any of those that we mentioned, mm -hmm. let us know. At Heroes Garage on Twitter, Heroes Garage Talk at gmail.com. So for now, Bill, and until next time, this has been Heroes Garage. Bye-bye now.